Welcome to the Minute Church Podcast. Today we're starting a brand new series called Jesus in a Christmas Vacation. During this series, we're going to learn about some family tree members of Jesus and how his family members actually relate more to us than we really truly know. Today's sermon is entitled From Coward to Courageous, and we're going to be looking at the life of Abraham. So today, sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast starting right now. I am excited about today. We are starting a brand new series, and I am pumped up about this one. This was called Jesus in a Christmas Vacation. Jesus Christmas Vacation. Who is ready for a vacation? Amen. Me too. Trina definitely needs a vacation. <laughs> Bless her heart. You too. Me too. I know I need a vacation. I'm ready to have a vacation uh, to get away and, and uh, just hang out and do absolutely nothing. How many of you have ever been on vacation and after you got through with vacation, you felt like you needed a vacation from your vacation? Man, <laughs> me too. Sometimes I'm like, man, we spent more time doing other things and getting here and being on a schedule and doing this and this and this. I just much rather stayed at work. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but man, I'm ready for a vacation. So this series is going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. And listen, you thought you had some dysfunctional people in your family? You ain't seen nothing yet. So you got to make sure you're here for the next several weeks as we dive deep into Jesus and the Christmas vacation. So if you guys ain't noticed, we just finished up with a, a wonderful holiday that I like and uh, uh, to come out and have a good time with, and that was Halloween. Halloween. Oh, man. Who in here still has Halloween candy? Who in here wants my Halloween candy because I'm tired of eating it? We've had all what we call the good stuff. <laughs> you parents know what I'm talking about? We've had the good stuff. We've ate all the goods out of it. Now it's the weird stuff that nobody wants. And so if you want my candy, just hit me up at your church. I'll, I'll, I'll get, make time for you, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, man, it seems like yesterday we were just having Easter, and it just seemed like, man, we were celebrating the 4th of July. Completely honest with you, it seemed like yesterday that we were having a Happy New Year's celebration here at the church. Man, it seemed like yesterday. Man, this year seems to be going by extremely fast. How many of you just got a counter on your Facebook or on your phone that's telling you how many days are left till Christmas? Anybody? Anybody know off the top of their head? Google it. <laughs> My mother-in-law probably does. 34 days, man. It's coming. It's coming quick. But Thanksgiving is this week, and I hope you guys have an incredible Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, we're praying for you guys for safety. Thanksgiving is this week, right? It is? Okay. <laughs> They're invisible. <laughs> There's people over here and over here. But anyway. Uh, I don't know why I looked. Anyway. Oh, Thanksgiving's this week, and so we're praying that you guys have an incredible week this week. I know I'm looking forward to it. I got to work, but uh, we're going to have a good time down there and, and uh, eating and having fun and food, and uh, I've discovered that I can find little Debbie Christmas trees because you guys are so great in helping me find those things. But as we're diving into this series, and Christmas is quickly approaching us, we have 35 days till Christmas. There's often some times that comes with Christmas and holidays, but Christmas is my favorite. Y'all ready for this? The great movies that are starting to pop up on your streaming sites. 
those movies that are popping up, and, and I'm excited because every year we watch Elf, because <laughs> it's so funny. Elf, and you know what else I like? <laughs> and especially uh, this coming week, we're going to try to watch it. It's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, The Great Pumpkin. And so I'm excited about all these Christmas movies. But this Christmas movie, hey, online cameras, you guys help me out. Tell me what your favorite Christmas movie is in the comments, because I love seeing your comments. I love talking to you guys. But, but, but uh, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas is coming up too. But my favorite one of all that's coming up that I watch every single year and it never gets old. Y'all ready for this? National Lapoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> and so I'm excited about Christmas Vacation that's coming up and I'm getting ready to uh, put it on my live stream there or not my live stream, but my, my Netflix and uh, Hulu, whatever we got, man. I'm excited. The hands down, the greatest Christmas movie of all times. If you want to talk about it afterwards and try to argue with me, oh, Pastor Michael Elphius, I'm, I'm going to knock you out catch me outside. No, it's not. Christmas Vacation. <laughs> But I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie or not. I don't know. If you haven't, come to my house sometime between now and, and December 25th or Emmy on Christmas. Uh, we'll probably be watching this movie. You guys are all welcome to come to my house, okay? Tasha, cover her ears. <laughs> don't, don't tell them they can come over. i got to clean some more. It's an inside joke. <laughs> But listen, 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 listen. But Christmas vacation is coming. You guys are all welcome. So we're getting ready and we're geared up. But man, if you've ever watched the movie, you know they have some dysfunctional people in their family. So the movie kind of based, if you haven't never seen it, and some of you youngers are probably like, what is this movie he's talking about? It's the greatest movie alive. But it talks about Clark, which is the husband in the movie, Clark. I love Clark. Clark reminds me of some of myself. But it's all his mixed emotion because he has all of his families coming in for Thanksgiving and Christmas. All of his family, his mother-in-law's coming in, his dad's coming in, and then all of a sudden he gets some unexpected family that comes in. And his name's Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie. I like Cousin Eddie. Anybody in here got a Cousin Eddie in their family? Don't raise your hands. I'm just kidding. If not, you might be the Cousin Eddie. All right? If you don't think you have a Cousin Eddie in your family, then you might be the Cousin Eddie. But listen, 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 listen. All the anxiety, everything that we're going to deal with over the next few weeks and talk about, we're going to dive deep into learning just how dysfunctional some families are. And Jesus was no exception to having some dysfunctional people in his family. And we're going to look at some people in his family this, uh, over the next few weeks, and Jesus here, he had a great family tree, an awesome family tree. And today we're going to look at one part of his family tree that goes way back, way back, way back. Everybody say way back with me. We're going to go way back. We're going to go back towards the beginning of the book, the beginning of the Bible. And so if you got your Bibles today, we're going to look at Genesis around chapter 11. We're going to talk about a man here. His name is Abraham, Abraham. And so this guy, man, he probably is, um, let's see, 
Let's see. He's about the third most recognized name in the Bible. Uh, he's probably the top, the, the top ten in there. He's probably up there with the top three of the most recognized names or people in the Bible. And talk, you know, we're talking about you know like Adam and, and Noah. So up there, he's about you know he's up there with the most recognized. Well, Abraham, Abraham. So we're going to dive deep and talk about Abraham today. Abraham today. And so uh, let's see. So uh, we're going to look at verse 27 here, and we're going we're gonna to kind of uh, dissect this just a little bit. So before Abraham was named Abraham, his name was called Ab- Abram. Abram. So later on, God changes his name, and, and he changes Sarah's name from Sarah to Sarah. And so here in verse 11, he talks about Abram. Okay? All right, so let's check this out. And I just want to mention one little portion here. As they were telling this story here in verse 11, they were talking about how uh, Abraham was promised many nations, how, how he was a loving father, how he was a great person, and he, he loved God, and, and God made these promises, and, and God was doing these great things. But, but him and Sarah tried and tried and tried to have a baby, and they couldn't have a baby. And Sarah just couldn't have children. She couldn't bear children. And what I thought was ironic about this particular scripture, this particular uh, portion of the Bible, is the author, when they were writing it, was key to point out the fact that Sarah could not have kids. Sarah couldn't have kids. You ever had somebody that wants to point out your failure or that one thing in your life that, man, they just ride out stuck at or, you know, they're not good at? Anybody had that experience to happen to them? I know I have. I know that that there's people that that we could do, uh, you know, nine or we have a list of of things up here and we could do nine good things and do one bad thing and that's what they always remember you by. Or maybe one flaw that, that they had in their life. And that's what they did to Sarah here is they're saying, hey, you know, uh, 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 she can't have kids. She can't have kids. She's, she's uh, uh, what we call damaged. She's damaged. But, but what I want you guys to take note here is, is, see, back in the day, they didn't have Netflix and they didn't have, you know, Hulu and Disney Plus and they didn't even have the Internet. Pretty much if they wanted to get in touch with them, somebody, they had to send smoke signals. So there wasn't a lot that they could be doing back in the day, back in the day. So, so pretty much you would just kind of hang out and you would cook and clean up what you could <laughs> and then you would love your spouse. There's kids in here today. <laughs> Parents, you know I'm talking about? They loved their spouses, all right? There wasn't much to do back in the day, so they had to eat, sleep, and make love, all right? <laughs> That's just reality. That's what they were doing. And I, 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 <laughs> y'all know something funny? So back in the day, I'm gonna tell him myself. Y'all don't yell at me. So back in the day, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. And Natasha, when we first got married, so there wasn't a lot to do. And so uh, all we had was a little bit of internet and you know food, and that's all we did. And so and so they tried and tried and tried to have kids. They they you know they tried constantly, time after time, and it seemed like they continued to fail. And and and, and sometimes they they like, man, maybe I'm just broke. Maybe, maybe God's punishing me for some reason. I, 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 can't, I can't help that, that I can't have kids. Maybe there's something really, truly wrong with me. But God's made me a promise. 
God promised me and Abram that we're going to have kids. And, and man, and that's a great thing. And I hope everybody that, that can have kids can have kids. It's a great joy. And Sarah thought, man, maybe I'm, maybe I'm messed up. Maybe I'm damaged. Anybody ever felt damaged today? Me too. See, this would be a horrible burden for a woman to have to carry. Imagine being Sarah, and Abraham's been promised this in his life, and it's been prophesied over their life that he's going to have sons of many nations. And you're his spouse, but yet you can't conceive. It's a lot of pressure. Imagine the torment that she was dealing with on a daily basis. Imagine the things that, that when you try something and you try and try and try and you keep failing, how it makes you feel. Imagine the weight that she was enduring. Let me just make sure I'm staying on track here. Bye, bye. Uh, Genesis uh, 12 and 1, it says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your, fa uh, your father's family, and go to the land that I show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you really bad. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, I like this part here. I like this part. So imagine, hang on, so imagine with me, God's calling you right now. Right now, he comes to you. And he's like, I want you to move from here, away from all your family, away from all your relatives, and I want you to move way somewhere where they can't even find you. And like I said, they didn't have technology, so it wasn't like they can get on Facebook and see what was going on. But I like what Abraham did here in the latter part of uh, Genesis 12 and 1 here. He says, so Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left. Now, y'all picture with me for a second. You're 75 years old. You've worked a great career. I mean, you've worked hard, and now you're ready to trade in your day-to-day -day job for a lazy boy. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's time for you to have some time to sit back, relax, and maybe have the grandkids come over, and, and you sugar them up, and then you send them back home. Stop doing that. <laughs> but uh, man, Abraham was 75 when God said, hey, leave here and go over yonder. Leave everything, your livelihood, your job, your family, your friends, leave everything behind. Leave it all behind. <laughs> I like this. I like this. So Abraham did as he was instructed. He left. He left. Packed up all this stuff, and he went. See, sometimes when we get comfortable in our lives and where we are, God kind of train wrecks us. That's Michael, what's a train wreck? You've never seen a train wreck? Go to Google and uh, YouTube and look up a train wreck. We'll see what happens. It's a mess. It's not, even, it's not a mess just in one little spot. It's a mess everywhere. If you ever hear me say the word, man, they got train wrecked, it's because it's a mess. It's a dysfunctional mess. But sometimes God's going to disrupt our lives and put us where we thought we were comfortable and say, hey, I'm going to derail you a little bit and I'm going to make a big train wreck in your life. I'm going to turn your world upside down. So sometimes when we're in this walk of life, 
our world may get turned upside down. But the key thing is, y'all check this out. Y'all taking notes, write this down. I can be trusted, but will you trust me? The Bible constantly tells us, hey, the word of God is true and it can be trusted. We can rely on it. But when God speaks, he says, can I be, I can be trusted, but will you trust me? So here Abraham is, 75 years old. He tells him to go move away from his family. So he did it. He obeyed God. Now we're going to fast forward a little bit. Oh, hang on, hang on. Let me back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Just a second. Y'all got to hear this. But when God train wrecks us and he wrecks our plans in this life, not only does God bring new life into your broken dreams, he'll raise up new ones. See, when Abraham, man, he's just leaving everything behind. He didn't know what he was getting ready to walk into. It may seem like we're broke. Or it may seem like we're lost. But God's going to raise up new things in our lives. See, see, God's going to restore the brokenness in our lives. Even when he calls us and he disrupts our plans, he's going to put those trains back on the track and make it look like nothing's never happened. He's going to put us back on the right track. So let's fast forward a little bit. Abraham has a son named Isaac. And so he's listening to this. Listen, I can't be trusted, but will you trust me? God's asking him, hey, I can be trusted, but will you trust me? So here we are. Y'all check us out. Check us out. Check. <laughs> this is uh, 12. Uh, this, is, this is first. I don't even know where we're at. But anyway, Genesis. What was that last chapter I gave you guys? 12.1. So we're going to go down to 12.12 uh, 12 through 22. So can I kind of speed you up here? So Abraham left his family. He left them. He left them all behind. And then he goes to a place. So Abraham does take off in the direction that God sends him. He goes, he's following what God's saying. He's, he, he, he does it, but he doesn't do everything that God tells him to do. So Abraham's like, okay, I'm going. I'm going in the right direction. But y'all check this out. God tells Abraham, or Abram here, to leave his father's family but he decided to take Lot, which was his nephew, to ride along. Sometimes we try to rationale with God. God, I'm doing everything you've asked me to do. I'm doing everything you've called me to do. But are we truly following all of his instructions? If God says leave everything behind, that don't mean take your favorite blanket with you. <laughs> don't take your favorite uh, 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 nephew or niece with you. And don't try to rationale with God. Well, God, if they'll be there, they'll, I'll have somebody to talk to. They'll listen to me. They'll kind of help me stay on track like a buddy. But that's not what God said. He said leave everything behind. So while he trusted God enough to leave, he didn't trust him enough to stay. Because he knew if he took one of the kids with him, 
I got to take him back at some time. <laughs> I got to take him back because he's driving me nuts. And that's what I like about my family is I, I can sugar them up and I can send them back. <laughs> I, can, I can like, hey, look, it's not my kid, so you get back over there. <laughs> that's what we do with y'all kids on Sunday morning. We sugar them all up and we send them back to you. I'm just kidding. We don't do that. <laughs> y'all check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Let's move up here. Let's move here. So are we trusting God with our whole self? Our whole self. We'll keep moving here. Moving. There's some lessons that we can learn from Abraham or Abram and Sarah. Again, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Sometimes God, some, God sometimes tests our faith to see if we love the dream more than we more than the dream giver. Sometimes God sometimes tests our faith to see if we love the dream more than the dream giver. God gave Abraham and Sarah big prophecy in their life. Man, they showed him this big dream. You're going to have sons of many nations. And he's going to do this, and he's going to give you great things, and he's going to bless them and be uh, and bless them beyond imagine. Y'all check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Let's take a look at uh, Genesis twenty-two, verse one here. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. So he tested him here. So he tested Abraham's faith. He said, "Abraham," God called. Yes, he replied. Here am I. Check this out. Take your son, your only son. He says, yes, Jacob, whom you love so much. So at this point, and as the scriptures went on, Abraham said he had a son named Isaac. Now check out what he does here. God starts to test Abraham. Because he wanted to test him that he loved the dream more than the dream giver. He said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Go up, go on to the land and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain, which I will show you. Now, y'all picture with me for a second. For years and years, they've tried and tried and tried and failed after failed and failed time and time again. Have a kid, and now here God is saying, hey, had a kid now, I want you to take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. <laughs> Imagine what he's going to have to do if he, when he gets to have to tell Sarah what's going on or what just happened. But why, how mad are you going to be at your husband or your spouse? Be like, hey, look, he done, he done took him up here. My like, we struggled and struggled and struggled. And now you're going to take my kid and you're going to sacrifice him? What gives? How mad are you going to be? <laughs> I know if it were me and I was in their shoes, I'd be like, uh-uh, God, I'm not about to deal with her. <laughs> No, it's not going to happen. Because I can imagine if it were me and Tasha in this situation and God saying, hey, take you know, your, your daughters up here and, and you know, when Lily's first born, take Lily up here to the mountain and sacrifice her. Uh-uh. God, you cry cry. It ain't going to happen. But Abram, Abraham did what he was told to do. God sometimes tests our faith to see if we love the dream more than we love the dream giver. Abraham could have been a star. Oh, God, I'm not doing it. You've promised me sons of many nations. 
Imagine, imagine with him and him saying, hey, look, this is my only son. How can, and we've struggled long enough. How can I have kids? And this is going to be my offspring. How in the world are we going to have you know, kids of many nations if I go up here and sacrifice them? You know what I mean? And so, so what, was, what was Abraham's dream? To have a son, his own very son, and his name was Isaac. But God really turned his plans upside down. He turned them upside down. Why would God tell Abraham to do something like this? Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know, but I can tell you that God's preparing you for your biggest blessings yet. But look, 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 look. Sometimes when we follow through and we do what God does us to do, he'll bless us abundantly like never before. So y'all check us out. So he got to the mountain. He got to the mountaintop. Here's the dream. And, and he, he, he knew that he had to take his son up there. Imagine being Isaac ever like, hey, Dad, where are we going? Because, you know, kids like to ask questions. Dad, where are we going? Where are we going, Dad? I'm like, we're going to the mountain, son. We're going to the mountain. What are we going to do on the mountain, Dad? <laughs> You'll see when we get there. <laughs> Please quit asking questions. I don't want to. And I'm sure Abraham was a nervous wreck, an emotional wreck. He's like, oh, man, i, I got to go up here and do this. And he's looking at his son, and, and he knows what he's getting ready to go to the mountain to do. And, and, and man, I'm sure a lot of emotions were taking place. But he kept going. He kept taking every step. And then he got to the altar. And he got up there. I mean, all this sounds crazy, right? I told you. There's some dysfunctional things happening in the Bible. Don't your family's dysfunctional? You ain't seen nothing yet? So, so he gets to the mountain. They're getting prepared to sacrifice him. Ties him up and he puts him on the altar. The angel comes by and says, stop, Abraham. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Somewhere in here that I've lost my little steps here because I'm cray-cray. It says, because of your faithfulness, because you've been faithful, untie him. Because, see, Abraham trusted the dream giver more than he did the dream. Because he knew that God had a plan. If God had called him to do something, that he needed to go and do He needed to go do it. See, he called us into ministry, and I had no clue. I was scared to death. I'm scared each and every week, each and every day, what's going to happen next. But we keep following through. We keep taking the steps because I trust the dream giver. I had a dream about a church where we all can come to. didn't matter what background you come from. We can let God restore the brokenness in our lives. I had a dream, and I'm trusting the dream giver to make it a reality every single day. That's why we continue to do what we do each and every week. So Abraham trusted. We should always do what God says to do, even if we don't understand the why behind it. We should always do what God says to do, even when we don't understand the why behind it. Abraham didn't know why God had told him to take his son Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him. After he's seen the struggle after struggle, you may not understand what God's calling you to do or asking you to do, but you keep trusting him. You may not understand the why. 
I didn't know why he called a, a, a southern country boy from the city of Gastonia to come up to Pilot Mountain, North Carolina one day to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't understand why. I don't understand why he told me to uproot my family, to go be a part of a church and help start it and it didn't fall apart. I don't understand why God did some of the things he did and put things in my path. I don't understand it. But I've always are going to do what God's called me or asked me to do. We may not understand it, but I encourage you to keep after God. If God's called you, there's a purpose why he's telling you to do it. may not understand it. may not understand why it's happening. But God's going to be right there with you every step of the way. Like it's so early the next morning. <laughs> early the next morning. Even when we didn't understand why God was doing what he was doing. He was right there on time. He was right there with us. Third thing that we can learn from Abraham is God always gives you what you need when you need it. He always gives us what we need when we need it. Always is giving us what we need when we need it. So Abraham placed the wood for the uh, the burnt offering or the burnt the burnt offering Isaiah's shoulder. On his shoulder. He put him on Isaiah's shoulders. While he was carrying the fire and the knife, as the two of them walked together, Isaiah turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Whew. Remember those questions they were asking? Well, Dad, listen, your kids ain't stupid. Your kids know what's going on in your life. Parents, your kids see, and they're like sponges, and they're sucking it up, and they're seeing what's taking place in your life. If something don't look right, they know it don't look right. And, and, and he's seen here because he had seen the sacrifices and the, and the way the church was back in the day. You had to take an offering, a sacrifice, and sacrifice an animal. And so he had seen this. He had practiced what was taking place for the early church. And he realized, hey, Dad, there's no sacrifice here. Where's the offering that we're going to burn? Now, imagine you're Abraham at this point. Now you're all tore up. <laughs> do I lie to my son? Do I tell him? What do I tell him? Check this out. Check this out. <laughs> Abraham answered. Uh, see, Abraham. When they, uh, he answered, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built the altar, prepared the wood on it. Then he tied his son up as Isaiah. Let's see. I need a space in here. Oh, here he goes. Here. He said, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. He said that God's going to provide it. See, that's what I try to tell my kids all the time. God's going to give you everything you need. Lily thinks we're all poor. <laughs> like Daddy, you always tell us we're poor. We don't have the money for this. We don't have the money for that. I said, but you have everything that you need. May not have everything we want, but we have everything that you need. Just like God, we may want things. Man, I want gas to come down. I want a nice new car that don't drink as much gas. I'd even take one of them electric cars that don't even know how they work. <laughs> I'd like to be financial freedom. I'd like to be debt free. But I have everything that I need. 
And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're sitting there saying, man, I want this, I want that. I want, God, I want this. I've been praying for this. But maybe God's saying, hey, you're exactly where I need you to be because I'm providing everything you need, but maybe not what you want. Because your wants can get you in trouble sometimes. Our wants, man, I really want this. I really want it, but man, it can put me in more financial debt that I don't need to be in. Them nice fancy cars that are electric, man, they're nice, but they're expensive. I don't need to go in further debt. I'm trying to get out. The final thing that we can see from Abraham, there's a direct connection between our obedience and God's blessing for our lives. There's a direct connection between our obedience and God's blessing in our life. When we obey God and we did what God called us to do, man, things open up like never before. And then COVID happened. <laughs> but you know what? Some people looked at COVID as a bad thing. I look at the COVID global pandemic as a blessing for this church because we reached countless lives and countless lives were reached because we were spreading the gospel of Jesus through Christ through our online campus. Part of our story is we were never planning to go live for at least the first year. Two weeks later, God said, uh-uh, I'm changing that up for you. And we reached people across the world one, it's because you guys that graciously give is why we're able to do that. Two, because God called us to do something and we were obedient and God blessed us abundantly. We were six months into the church thinking we had to close the doors and God blessed us abundantly because we were faithful and we were obedient. And today, imagine what God can do in your life if you will just obey what he's called you to do. I'm going to close with this. So the angel of the Lord came to Abraham from, the, from, uh, from heaven. This is verse 15 here. This is what the Lord said. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my name that I will certainly bless you. Certainly bless you. So if you got your Bible, have or Bible. He said, I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like the stars in the skies and the sand on the shores. Your descendants will uh, conquer the cities of their enemies. Even though your descendants descend all nations on earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. All because Abraham obeyed what God had called him to do. descendants and their descendants and their descendants all the way to where we are to the present day all because one person obeyed God the course of humanity was changed and blessed beyond measures I encourage you today whatever God's calling you to do to obey God trust Him you may not see it you may not even feel like God see me there listen, listen, I felt like God wasn't nowhere near me it was along in 2019 when God said, hey, you're going to start a church. I'm like, <laughs> you're crazy, God. And then we went through the process. And I, okay, God, I need the people to show up. There were a lot of times where I felt like God wasn't there. But he was right there every step of the way. I didn't see him sometimes. I didn't feel him. And a lot of times it felt like a dark road. But listen, when we called out the name of Jesus, 
darkness began to shake. And light started to shine in the darkness. So I encourage you all, wherever you're at today, if God's calling you, if God's calling you to do something, whether it's in ministry or to pay for the person's meal behind you, I encourage you to do it. Because the enemy's not going to tell you to do anything that's pleasing to God. God's calling you. Do it. Do everything he's asked. He told me to uproot my family from our comfortable life to move to the unknown where I didn't know a single person. I knew nobody when we moved. But you know what? We started building relationships with people. And we've seen lives be changed all because we said yes and we obeyed God. So when it gets hard, it gets tough, remember God's going to be there with you. You guys will, if you can, if you'll stand with me this morning. Remember that sometimes God's going to test our faith to see who we love more, the dream or the dream giver. But if God's going to bless us, when we go after him and we trust him, he's going to bless us like never before. Because of the faith that Noah had, I know Abraham had, he trusted God. And we've been blessed beyond imagine. Because we're a great generation that we live in. He didn't come without tests. He didn't come without trials. He went every step of the way. Well, let's pray today. God, we just want to thank you so much for this day. Everybody that's here that's tuning in on our online campus, God, that list this podcast later on. Lord, we just want you to touch us today, God. God, reassure us that you're going to be there, right there with us. God, if, if something's been laid on somebody's heart and you're calling them to do something, Father, Father, right now, let them give their whole self to you. God, don't let them just give a portion. Don't let them try to reason with you, God. God, well, I'll do it if you'll let me have this or let me take this with me. God, if you're telling us to leave everything behind and go forward, God, God, help us to lean forward and trust you and leave everything else behind, God. God, when we get tested, God, reassure us that you're right there with us. God, that you're sending these tests to see if we're leaning on to you, God. God, thank you for the test that you sent our ways, Father. Because, God, when we didn't see you and we didn't feel you, you were right there helping us every step of the way, Father. And, God, just touch those that may be in those tests in these very moments, God, to reassure them that you never left them, that you never forsaken them. And you're going to be there to pick them up when they stumble and they fall and they don't feel like they're good enough. God, today, just touch us. If you want to make a decision for Christ, all you have to do is say the simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for coming to the earth and dying on the cross for me. God, help me on this new journey and this new life with you, God. God, God, when it gets hard and it gets and I feel like I stumble and I fall, remind me you're there to pick me up and restore that brokenness in my life. God, let remind me that I'm not damaged goods. God, and just bless me every single day. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to the Medic Church Podcast. Today, if you need prayer, you can go to medicchurch.com dot com forward slash pray our team's standing by ready to pray and believe that god's going to meet each and every need that is submitted would you consider partnering with us right now so we can continue providing podcasts just like this one you can do so by going to www.medicchurch.com forward slash give you can do a one-time gift a reoccurring gift we just ask that you pray and give from your heart today Join us back next time as we give another life-giving message. All right, we'll see you soon.